0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. As he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. And they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place. But the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May we hear the word of God and allow our anxieties to melt into everlasting hope. Amen. 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 In this gospel story that we just heard, Jesus has been in the temple praying. And as he leaves the temple and enters into the hustle and bustle of the outside world, his disciples express their awe of the grand buildings around them. Now, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and guess that Jesus's prayer life was pretty intense. Especially at this point in the gospel, just a week before his crucifixion. So, transitioning from a cosmic spiritual interaction with God in the temple to a very material conversation about how cool the big buildings outside are, was likely a little jarring. Jesus was constantly trying to get his friends to see the bigger picture of what God was up to. I can almost hear the annoyance in his voice as he says to them, You see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. So there... Stop being so impressed by worldly things and start getting curious about what God is up to. Well, this gets their attention. And once they get him alone, they ask with great concern, tell us, when will this be? And how will we know it's coming? We are scared and we want to know what's happening so that we can prepare I saw an ad this week for a new mini-series on the National Geographic channel. The series is called Doomsday Preppers. And it involves interviews with people who are actually preparing for Doomsday, which, if you haven't been paying attention, is supposed to happen on December 21st of this year. That's not so far away. The disciples, too, wanted to know if they needed to prepare for doomsday. And Jesus didn't soothe their nerves. He told them that they may be led astray, tricked, bamboozled. There will be wars and famines and earthquakes. Things are going to get scary and precarious. The disciples want to know when this will take place. And he doesn't tell them when. Which is a little unfair, I think. If I were a disciple, I'd want to know how much longer I could stand around admiring buildings before I had to run far away so they didn't fall on my head. I'd also probably want to know that I only had about a week left to spend with my Jesus. But that's another story. We like to know things. We like to know what to expect. We like to be prepared The thought of losing all that we know and love is terrifying. So when Jesus starts getting apocalyptic, we shift in our seats a bit. As I wrestled this week with how best to talk about an apocalyptic gospel, I heard something very helpful. In a weekly podcast offered by Luther Seminary, Professor Caroline Lewis said, We have to remember, apocalyptic ...doesn't mean the end of the world. It actually means revelation. What's revealed. This is something I can relate to. We want to know more. And here is Jesus trying to reveal more to us. I don't know about you, but I often miss the boat on that one. So what is Jesus trying to reveal to his disciples? And what is he trying to reveal to us today? I ask this because wars and famines and the risk of being led astray are not antiquated themes. Natural disasters did not cease with the earthquake upon Jesus's death. And people did not stop wondering about the perils at the end of time when Jesus was resurrected. This stuff is so current. There is even a new mini-series about it. We find ourselves in a world where there is too much violence right now. There are too many wars raging right now. In New York and New Jersey, people are trying to reassemble their lives after another major hurricane right now. 12.4 million people in the Horn of Africa alone are suffering from famine right now. No wonder that we, just like the disciples, allow ourselves to be distracted by material marvels. It's so much easier than focusing our eyes on the realities in the world. But there is a key phrase in this gospel That guides us from despair to hope. Jesus tells his disciples that this is just the beginning of the birth pangs, not the beginning of death, the beginning of birth. Birth is the revealing of something new. So what is Jesus trying to reveal to his disciples? And what is he trying to reveal to us today? He may have been revealing to them that his risky and subversive ministry was about to be transformed in his own death. But that death could not hold him. And ultimately, love was the thing to be revealed. When the generators were flooded and ceased to work. In the basement of a New York City hospital last month in the storm, nursing staff carried 20 fragile newborn babies from the neonatal unit, down nine dark, wet flights of stairs, while manually pumping air into their little lungs. In the midst of this apocalyptic scene, love was the thing that was revealed. In the face of hunger, those who have too much, I think, are getting much better at sharing with those who don't have enough. From the Common Cathedral in Boston to the work of World Vision and other organizations in Africa, awareness and thus action are growing. While hoarding and greed are still at large, they have become less fashionable. And as they break down, love is the thing that is revealed. We've come to a place where we know we can no longer live as if the Earth's resources are infinite. And mainstream science is now finding new ways to guide us into a gentler relationship with creation. And each time a gentler option is made available and chosen by us, love is the thing that is revealed. It is not easy to live during a time of such violence so many wars, such hunger, such pain. But it is clear to me that through the rubble, something is being revealed, something is being born. And we are being nudged to stop focusing solely on the material world around us so that love, as it continues to be born in Christ, does not go unnoticed by us. There's a poem that I was saving to share with you during Advent, but it speaks so clearly of that which God is revealing to us through birth, through Christ, that I want to share part of it with you today. It's a poem by Jane Kenyon called The Mosaic of the Nativity. In it, God is watching us with great love and with great pain as we focus too much on evil and end up carelessly destroying one another. And God's reaction to this is that God reveals something extraordinary and new. The last three lines of the poem go like this. God thinks Mary into being suspended at the apogee of the golden dome. She curls in a brown pod And inside her, the mind of Christ, cloaked in blood, lodges and begins to grow. The coming of Christ within the womb of Mary was not without turmoil. It was not easy. It was not free of heartache and pain. But it was, above all else, an exquisite revealing of God's nature. Because love was the thing that was revealed in Christ. So the apocalypse may be upon us yet. I hope it is the apocalypse of Revelation. And I hope we are watching and listening so that we don't miss it. If we are watching and listening, we may just catch a glimpse, a revelation of love that is powerful enough to save us from ourselves, powerful enough to inspire in us thoughts and deeds and words which reveal love. Let us not run from the birth pangs. Let us not be distracted by the shiny things we make for our own glory. Let us not be anxious. Let us simply be open. That the mind of Christ, cloaked in blood, lodges in us and begins to grow. Amen.